Okay, so as we're winding down for the end of term, I thought we'd just have just a fun little afternoon where maybe we talk about the sorts of things we, we want to do when you grow up. Okay, why don't you start? What what would you like to be? I want to be a firefighter. Oh, why, why do you want to be a firefighter? To out the fires and keep people safe. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and what about you? What do you want to be? I want, I want to be a wizard and and do spells and 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 have a pet dragon and and pet a cat. I I want to be a doctor because then when people are poorly, I can help make them better. And what about you? I want to be a violent revolutionary and and take down the the bourgeoisie and then and then there will be there will be equality for everyone and it will be very good. Oh 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 okay that's um. Quite quite a thing. I might need to have a little word with your parents there. And and what about you? What do you want to be? I, I want to be a policeman. I will fight you. I will destroy the state. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You cry. Bash, get bashed. <laughs> Strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnet Dale. And I'm not Jane Harris Magnet Dale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wives, we we, we do smooches, we're girl types. Yeah. We we talk about the things we've consumed media wise in the week and have yeah. a bit of a catch up and yeah. a, just just have a bit of a make try and make each other giggle a bit. That is the thing we do. It's the thing where we catch up and go, This is what I did, I hope I made you laugh with a thing. Yeah. What have you been playing this well, week? What have been playing? Well, yeah. I see that you're once again playing Vampire Survivors Mobile. I mean, yeah, I'm still playing Vampire Survivors Mobile and maybe also have... I may also have played a thing this week that I think you're segueing well, to. Well, I, I was going to qu- quickly... I was just going to do a whole section of Vampire well, Survivors. So... Should we start with Vampire Survivors Mobile then? Yes, I have finished Vampire Survivors Mobile 100%. I am getting pretty close to that. I'm getting that way. I've got, like, I think six things left on the unlocks menu. Ooh. I need to check the secrets menu, but, like, I'm I'm getting to the end game. Okay, and you got most of the characters at this point? Yeah, I'm, I'm going through. I'm getting them. Ooh. I'm... I'm doing all the stuff. Um, I've had occasional little issues with the game. Okay. Um, but generally speaking, this is a really nice port, and I still think it mm-hmm. is a really good way to play this game. Now, you'd had one crash, I believe, last week. Yes. It's, it's another week later. We're, what, two weeks in since the release yeah. of this game now? Um, so the only other real issue I had was I had a boss... Like, a, you do 30 minutes of a level, you get teleported somewhere, there's a thing you have to fight. Uh-huh. Uh, and I defeated the thing, and then the timer just kept going, and I was there in the void for a while. Ooh. Just like, oh, I feel like this is supposed to have ended. Yeah. It, it did not. I quit out the level. I did get the reward for, for doing the thing, so okay. I think it worked. I think... I, I had a moment of like, is is this going to slowly fit? No, 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 it just hasn't loaded the end of that. Oops, you did. It, it wasn't enough that it was a problem, but it was enough I waited around a while and then had to go, I'm just going to quit this level myself. Okay. And potentially redo it if it has bugged out. Yes. But I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with this port. Yeah, I've, I've, I've had very few problems with this port. I haven't even had a crash. And my phone is an older model than yours. Yeah, I, I don't know what was going on with mine that day. It just was like, no. I've I've heard of some people having like real problems with this, with like sprites just not loading at all. I mean, that's the joy of Android. It's yeah. it's 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 it, it's quite quite a large space to be working within. 
Um, so the, the main problems I've had with it are, I have no idea how you would get, I think it's, um, the, the red ghost character. I can't is, remember what Is this the is. one where you have to, like, do a button combination on the keyboard? Yeah, but... down and enter when you kill a death, a form of death. Yes, and I've not I've not done that yet, and I've not googled like is there a method on mobile? I mean, there is. There's, you can use the password. Well, yes. I mean, is there a is there a way to actually do it on mobile other than sort of cheating it out with the the secret password? A resounding maybe. Yeah. Uh, so I couldn't work out how to get uh, Red Ghost. I used ended up using the password, and the other one I had problems with, and I this was a repeatable issue. Was Avatar Infernus? Do you know this character? Uh, not by name. Which one's this? So Avatar Infernus is unlocked by going into the library in inverted mode. Mm-hmm. Then you go all the way past the gold ring. Yeah. So you keep going, keep going, keep going, past the gold ring. And eventually you'll get to a piano and there'll be a purple death. Oh, yeah. You kill the purple death. Uh, you need to have the uh, black and white birds. Yeah. Then you go and stand in front of the piano and the birds will fly down onto piano keys in a certain order. You play those piano keys in that order, even like literally as they fly down. And eventually the screen will sort of go black. You'll end up like uh, when you're in the depths of Gallo Tower. Yeah. And it does that sort of like everything is dark except for this one little bit around you. Yeah, it's sort of zooming in ominously. And then you'll get like loads and loads of enemies just swarming towards you and these nine question marks appear. You know, like when there is a coffin. Yeah. So you basically go around all of them and eventually most of them will just say empty and vanish. Yeah. And the last one you should just be able to go to and and that's it. And and, and you'll like unlock Avatar in Furnace. Yes. The problem I've been having is that's not working. Like I've got this on the PC, I got this fair and square. I, I remember I doing this on PC. I don't remember anything about the character. Like I don't remember which character this is, but I do remember doing something with the inlaid library and having to go a uh, bunch off in one direction. It's the one inverted. with the, like the fireballs. It's it gives you the, <sighs> yeah. the fire power up that uh, evolves yeah. the Tornus box. Mm. Um so I did the thing, it triggered the first time, and I the I got the nine coffins. Weirdly, the first coffin I got was the one that wouldn't vanish. So I was mm. like, okay, I'm pretty sure they're all supposed to vanish. So I checked the others, they all vanished and like gave me the empty pop-up. Yeah. The last one, if I walked into it, it made all of the enemies vanish. Okay. But it wouldn't like trigger any kind of ending. And yeah. the timer had stopped, so it's seemingly this level was just going to go on forever with these things that weren't giving me any XP, weren't going away. I couldn't, like, work out what the hell was going on. Like, I literally left it sat in standby mode for, like, half an hour. Yeah. Like, turned off the automatic go-to-sleep on my phone and just, like, just going to leave it and maybe it's something to do with, like, number of enemies killed. Yeah. Seemingly not. Um, Just couldn't get it to unlock, so... I wondered if it wasn't just that it had decided the one I was standing right next to was yeah. the the actual answer, so instead I should just go and, and try again and see if it will pick a different one and maybe making that the last one I go to would make a difference. Did not make a difference. Uh, um, so I just used the password. Well, that's that's the thing. At least having... Like, I have the, done the thing. Yeah. I took I, all the right steps. Yes, and I, do, I certainly don't mind on, like, a repeat playthrough. I've done it on another playthrough before. Yeah, I'll just I'll just cheat it if it's not yeah. doing the thing properly. But, uh, 
it's certainly not been a common enough issue that it's like, nah, this game is an unplayable buggy mess or anything. It's just occasionally a thing won't do what it's meant to do. Um, and I'm hearing, I'm hearing people saying that they are having much bigger problems, but we're both on OnePlus. Yes. I'm uh, on a 5T or on a 6T. Yeah. And they're, they're not new phones. No, but no, I've, they're, they're I've, a good few years old. I've, I've heard plenty of people saying that they're having no problems with it. And a few people with, uh, I think, like Nokia's saying that there's just no sprites loading at all. Yeah. But it's a free game with minimal adverts in it, so you can't complain that much. There's a limit to how much you can complain with a free thing. Exactly. But also, yes. we got the DLC. <gasps> yes, do you want to talk about the DLC? Yeah, it's what, the Legacy of Moonsong, I think it's called? Yes, like so it's what, a couple of quid? Yeah, I, I managed to pay for it in Steam Wallet funds that I had. Yes. And I, I only have Steam Wallet funds because I sell most of the cards that I get from playing games I, I at do. 4 pH. <laughs> but yes, I think it's about two, two pounds, something about like that. that. It was a couple of quid. Yeah. Uh, it is a fun, uh, fun little dose of additional vampire survivors. Yeah. It's uh, one new map, eight new characters, and... Uh, like. Sort of, I, I think about eight new weapons. Yeah. Or it might be six characters and eight weapons. Yeah, something like so that. So you've got um, this huge map that, unlike any of the previous Vampire Survivors map, is rather than being like endlessly repeating tiles with maybe like a yes. few special it... features here and there, like the um, the bone zone has that little garden in it. Mm. Instead of that, it is a like a fully pl- planned out, fleshed out map. With buildings, with roofs that you can go inside and the roof disappears yes. so that you can see inside. As a vampire survivor's person, hearing that there is one new map, even a very big new map, like the biggest new map they've done, that didn't quite set my expectations for what this was. No. Like, this is very much a different kind of piece of content to anything in the base game. Yes. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that it's like, hey, this isn't all of the game, but you want something a little different? Here you go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so you've got like various environments. You've got like a little towny bit with a bunch of houses. There's like a, a river, I'm guessing, down at the bottom of the map, at the very yeah. far south. And you get like enemies specific to certain regions. So you tend to get these uh, things carrying like lanterns wandering through the village. You get cappers coming up out of the water mm. if you're down the south or if you're up in the frozen lake yeah. in the top left. It, it's that kind of vibe when you're playing an open world game and it's like, ah, I've reached the area with the moblins over here. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, little regional zones. Yeah, lots of little regional zones. Like, the yeah. mountain is full of, like, troll-like characters. It's, it's definitely more that than, say, the original Vampire Survivors maps, which are all... You will get the same enemies, basically, in the same order, based on time, no matter yes. what you do. Where I mean, you there are... is still a degree of that. Yeah. But, and certainly there is a bit more influence on what sort of things you're up against. Yes. And there is a like, quite a large number of secondary items that you can find. So, like, I think Inlaid Library's got the book and the stone mask. And I think probably the uh, the next biggest one after that is something like um, the Mad Forest. Yeah, Which probably. I think has, what, the Skullamaniac, the oh, Glass Heart, the Red Heart... Uh, the, one of the clover, the clover, the four leaf clover, yeah. the spinach leaf. Yes, and I think there might be something else in there as well. 
And this has got like the duplicator, the uh, red heart, the spinach, the canned Labrador. I think there's a couple more, but basically there's only one thing you need from another level or, or to try and get in your random selection yeah. that isn't found in that level that you would need to up, 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 um, uh, evolve all of yeah. the weapons in this level. Mm. So that's quite nice that you can go, I want to see all of the new content. Cool. Yeah. Keep playing the new level. You'll pretty much do it. Yeah. Uh, this level is not freaking easy. No, it is not. Especially towards the end. But that's sort of what I want out of something like this. Like, particularly considering, like, on my PC playthrough, I feel like I have reached a certain point of, like, I have all the things unlocked and I've put a lot of eggs into the characters I like and everything Mm. is somewhat under control. Yeah. And it's nice having something that... I think what makes it feel challenging is that the, the, the difficulty curve at which things get harder uh-huh. is a little faster and that means that you have less time to accumulate a good build before the difficulty starts setting in so even yes. if you have like that very strong build that is going to be helpful later on you're gonna to have to stay alive long enough to do that yeah and there are characters in the new dlc that i would not recommend trying to do your like get to level 100 with them in that level oh yeah because they take much more time to ramp up especially with just their base weapons especially if you're not necessarily doing an optimized build just something to try out all the new stuff yes try out the new things in a place you're familiar with uh, i tend to go in laid library and then once you know what you're doing go okay let's try some new things yeah absolutely um but i i did a bunch on stream on thursday had a bunch of fun, unlocked, what, I think four or five of the new characters. Yeah. And then almost immediately afterwards sat down. I was like, okay, stream over. I'm going to go through and do a bit more. I think I then ended up 100%ing the DLC the next day. Yeah. Like, if you've already got a fully complete Vampire Survivors save with everything, this probably isn't going to take you very long, but the content that's there yeah. is... It's nice. It's I... uh, it's interesting. It's quite new. It's uh, just an, a nice way to experience slightly different things within that game engine. I'm I'm very much of the opinion that I'd be very happy if every now and then something like this for Vampire Survivors dropped. Where it's like, hey, here's a couple of quid for something that's maybe going to take you a couple of days to do some new novel things to experience. Yeah. Here's just like a little a little parcel of more Vampire Survivors. Yeah. I'm very okay with that. I yeah. like the idea of, I've gotten so much out of the base game and it's so cheap. I'm like, yeah, get, let me chuck you a couple of quid to get a get a little more of this. Yeah. Meanwhile, you've got the creator going, saying, I don't feel that I can charge more for this product because I still use like content packs that I've purchased from other places. It's like, you still had to code it, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, it's, uh, it's... It's looking good. It's it's fun to play. It was fun trying out all the new weapons. Some of them are are powerful. Some of them are very strange. One of them is basically snowballs. Yeah. Uh, also, there was a new update to the base game. I think one point two, and uh, Pepito has a new skin where Pepito the the tree. Yeah. Is, is basically a Christmas tree. Yeah, Christmas tree. If you're into I, I that like kind of I like Pepito so much. I have such an overpowered. Pepito build that I put so many hundreds of eggs into purely so that Pepito can now move at a reason like 
a base speed of another character. Oh, okay. I, I tend to just get the white wing and it moves just fine. Oh, it, I, I've got a build now where I don't have to pick up the white wing and I can be like, yeah, no, no, no. I can go pick up like the rings and the uh, the arrows if I need to <laughs> with Pepito and that not be a huge problem. So yeah, Vampire Survivors, I'm glad that that game keeps keeps just being a nice little source yeah. of, of joy. And the creator has said that there, there's still plans to just keep adding more to the base yeah. game, so don't feel that you've been completely locked out by not being able to buy yeah. the DLC for whatever reason. Uh, very much so. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Vampire Survivors. What else have you played? What else have I played? Let me let me look at my list. Um... Uh, so I've I've played a bit of a, a a game called High on Life. Oh, this is with the the guns. Yes, the the one with the talking guns. It's another of those uh, Justin Roiland, uh, ah, the, yeah. the 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 uh, the Rick and Morty man who has two voices, and occasion occasionally he'll try and do a third voice that ah. isn't the Rick voice or the Morty voice. Mm. Um, I mean, look, the sales pitch for this game is you. Human beings are being ground up into dr- in, in, by aliens because our ground up bodies are drugs to these aliens. I mean, I can believe that with me. <laughs> uh, so now you've got guns that that do talking and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Yes. Go on a go 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 save the world, defeat the bad aliens, save the humans, while a gun talks at you a lot. I uh, keep seeing clips of this on TikTok. Yeah. The main one the main ones I saw was a thing that does a, a, a very long countdown. And the count sometimes goes up a bit and goes yep. on for a very long time. And then it, it makes fun of you for having waited around. Yep. Uh yeah. one that was somebody that wants you to shoot some pipes to rearrange them so that oh, is you this... can get shit from somebody's oh. butt into somebody else's face. Yes, yes. The one where there's one man who really needs to needs to take a shit and his friend is like, we, we look, we've had this arrangement for years. I take a shit, he eats the shit. This is just how our friendship works. Don't judge us. We're happy we're happy people. We're living good lives. I was never gonna judge yeah. them. Rearrange the pipe so I can eat my friend's shit. Yeah. Um it's uh I don't know how to try and describe this game other than that it is constantly a lot all of the time. Um, visually, uh, it, it's kind of like... See, it, it's got a little bit of season one of um, Lower Decks, the Star right. Trek show, in that it, it's got that sort of, I'm going to throw a million things at you. And by the time that you've d- tried to work out whether you enjoyed or not the last thing, here's another thing. Go, go, go. I'm not going to give you time to decide if that was funny or not. Yeah. You and, will be entertained and, by force. And here's the thing. I'm not going to say it is good. <laughs> it is It is a game that is like... It is just... It feels like you gave a man who... His job is writing comedy, but over the years his job has become improving lines, and people love him improving things, and gave him no editorial oversight and just put him in a booth to say a bunch of things to try and make silly characters right. and, and no, voices. And no direction outside of himself. Yes. <laughs> and I will say that he, like, if you put a man like that in a room for long enough trying to make himself laugh, some of the things that come out will be genuinely kind of funny character moments that I'm like, okay, that was pretty amusing. With no room to breathe and take it in. Um, it is a game that, like... It, it's got more gameplay than some of the Justin Roiland games previously did. Like, the last one uh, the last one I remember was Trova Saves the Universe. Right. Uh, which was an interesting VR game. 
but not a game I would ever recommend not in VR because it was largely walk around and interact with things while Justin Roiland talks at you. Yes. Um, this has shooting segments mm-hmm. and like functional shooting gameplay. Mm-hmm. The biggest problem I have with the gameplay is, you know, sometimes in games like uh, Mass Effect's the one I always think of this with, um, characters are having conversations and you're like, do I have to stop moving forward in case I move too far yes. and cut you off? Because something new needs to be said. Mm-hmm. This game has so much of that. And I wish there was more combat so that, like, hey, if you want me to hear, like, this huge amount of text you you want me to hear, mm. give me enough gameplay to be doing to hear all that so I don't have to, like, just sort of stand around waiting for you to finish. Yeah, it, There is a mismatch in the amount of things there are for you to do and the amount of things there are for you to listen to. Yeah. Um... That being said, I feel about this the way that I kind of suspected I would before playing, which is it's kind of dumb nonsense fun that I can switch my brain off and just let lots of things happen at me and go, that that sure was a lot of sensory input. Yeah. Um, enough of it was successful hit was successful that my brain is like, dopamine happened. There was a lot of things in there that, that didn't work, but there was enough there was enough stuff happening that the dopamine button went off it feels to me like this if if i ever get around to this because i think it's on game pass yeah it feels to me like this would be the kind of game that it's gonna be so big and so brash and so constant and so everything that it will do the thing that i used to get from listening to like eight different types of uh like random sounds (sighs) yeah i used to like have like Binaural beats and shepherd's tones and no, white you, noise you, you and brown noise. You have nailed. You have nailed what this game is. It is the video game equivalent of it, putting like all of the things on to try and short circuit my ADHD brain into just doing one thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of 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 a lot of of the games I have played this year, this is the one I'm most confident that if I if I was unmedicated, if I didn't have my ADHD meds and I wanted to sit down and just focus on one video game despite not being medicated. Mm. This would be the one. I'd probably make it. Yeah, no, this one this one could probably get me to pay attention to just it. Impressive. Um, while d- do it, it... It's just a constant barrage of, like, you do a little bit of shooting and then you get a segment that's like, oh, hey, here's, here's the trolley problem, a very slowly moving oh. trolley, but also, like, n- not only is there lots of people on this side and only one person on this side... Uh, they're going to keep making up arguments for why the other side ha- is objectively better or worse people complicating the matter while you decide about this very slow moving trolley uh-huh. it's that it's stuff like that just go 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 oh. and I'm not gonna say it's good but I also haven't stopped playing it okay uh, that's where I'm landing on it yeah the accusation of like talking too much just seems to be a constant Justin Roiland problem because Rick and Morty VR talked a lot yes so Here's my sort of outside perspective read on on Justin Roiland. Um, his big his big break was making a show called Community. Um, as that show got more success, no, that was him. Yeah, that was him. Um, very good show that he wrote with a team of people. He was a nightmare to work with and got kicked off that show, uh-huh. and that show absolutely fucking fell apart without him. At which point, despite him being a nuisance to work with, he got brought back on and the show shot back up. That sort of established him as person who is very good at what he does 
And despite the fact that, like, he doesn't like to be told no, he's good at what he does. This then moves into season one of Rick and Morty, where he's largely improving and he's got a lot less editorial oversight, and it's a huge success, and this sort of reinforces, you just let Royland do his thing, and it will be successful. And that has sort of spiralled into, he no longer uses editors, it seems, and everything he does is very, I'm just going to talk at you until something clicks. That's my outside read on Justin Roilan. And I genuinely think some of it, like, I genuinely think so, some of, there are some episodes of Community that are some of the best pieces of TV I've ever seen, but I also feel like this is a man who needs an editor and is never going to have one again. That life's alright. <laughs> what have you been playing this week? I've been playing a bunch more Chain Echoes. Tell me about Chain Echoes. How's it going? Remember I said there was a possibility of our main character setting up a private military corporation? Yeah, yeah. And... Seems like he might be setting up some kind of private army. Ah, and there was, there was me going like, no, no, he just wants to have it like a classic car collector, you know? For, for, I mean, for a good reason, I think. Like, oh, he's the good kind of uh, private military contractor. I mean, it's a rebellion at this point. <laughs> I, I, I mean, yeah. I feel like rebellion is fine as long as, like, once, once he's done the rebellion, he's not planning to keep a standing army around. I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So, without too many spoilers, it's a fine JRPG. Yeah, this is good. It's, it's, it's been nice to play one again. There is so much going on politically in this game that it's just... I'm managing to follow it, which might be a symptom of the fact that I'm medicated these days. Yay. Or it might be a, a symptom of the fact that, like, there's... It's, it's quite engaging, or that I just haven't stepped away from it much. Yeah. Like, I've had, a, like, days off here and there, but I've, I've sort of regularly gone back to it when I've had downtime. It's been your big piece of media. You've not been swapping back and forth with other big involved yeah, stories not a huge amount no um so obviously there was all the stuff at the beginning with like the destruction of uh, of like an entire city yeah there's been a lot of like traveling around the world and experiencing different bits of 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 the the continent as you've as you've sort of explored it trying to get to one particular place and then you got to the particular place and bad things happened and it all it all went wrong from there and something else bad happened, and then the main character has, like, a whole nother breakdown. This is the second of the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that has to be resolved from there. But then there's, like, there's a bit, like people uh, turning traitor, and there's, there's people, like, being in, in internal spies, and then there's whatever is going on with the church... There's eyes in the sky that just made me think of the is, Magnus archives. Is, is this one of these stories where, like, I'm gonna need to keep checking a wiki to Google who the fuck is is this? Or not really? It, it, it's none yeah. of it's super complicated. Okay, so it's not like I'm gonna have to remember like individual character names that haven't been mentioned in ages. It's like the church. It's like big, singular, unique groups. Kind of yeah. The big okay. church. The there's the one god. There's yeah. the seven gods, which I think are all dragons, and 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 they all live in different places in the world, and 
they might not even be real necessary, but everyone seems fairly convinced that they're definitely real and one of them lives in this big crater and another one of them lives underneath the sea and and the 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 tide is just the one that lives under the sea breathing okay. and and that that's how that works and I mean as long as everyone's in agreement about this I guess and and I guess there are five more but no one's really talked about them for any reason but th- there seems to be a whole thing of like those are the old gods and and everyone sort of really accepts those there's the the actual like the 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 church of of one god who seemingly get involved like financially in a lot of places and then try and start converting all the people by going look we've given you food war has been tearing your nation apart but we the church here we we've rebuilt your city and we've given you loads of food now you do want to come to church on on at the, at the end of the week right I mean, that's more than a lot of churches uh, do. True. But um, yeah, there seems there seems to be a decent amount of proselytizing for the for the for the one god. Then there's like politics of you might get a bit lost with remembering all the nations, but I've done the typical thing that I do is not remember all of the nations. You just go, oh, I guess you're that one from context of the way you're talking, and it seems that there is. We've had the forever war that's going on in our own continent, but also one of the other continents apparently had their own forever war, and now the two continents might be about to clash with each other. Okay. So there might be, like, just a whole... the uber war coming. Ah, so we're no longer doing, like, civil war within one nation, but two nations. Well, no, it was already three nations on the uh, that shared a continent. Okay. That had been like locked in pretty much constant forever war. Yes, the one with the sort of tentative peace that we... Uh, we eventually yeah. get to a point where someone's like, ah, but actually there's this other nation over there and they've been having like a huge like war with like feuding children of the king and so forth for like a, a long time, possibly centuries. But that has apparently like now come to an end. And they're almost certainly going to turn their eyes on the, the continent that we've already been started with. So it seems like the the reason for causing all the destruction in all, like the like massive destruction of, of a bunch of cities might be because this person is trying to unite unite their continent under himself, so that they'll be ready for when the other continent starts a war with them. This feels like the kind of story created by someone who first and foremost had uh, a bunch of lore and a world they wanted to be in. And they're like, I guess we make it a JRPG. There's a, I have a world. I must tell it's, people about it's my got, world. like Tolkien-esque vibes of, yeah, I've been writing about this world since I was a kid. Now we're going to put this into some form of media. And sure. It's 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 certainly grander than I expected. Like I've played fan- Final Fantasies that didn't feel quite this bizarrely epic because there's also <laughs> stuff about like past lives and the way magic. Like there there seems to be like a time like a time in the past when magic was still called mana inst- and now they everyone calls it ether. But also there's like the uh, m- there used to be loads and loads of magic users. It was almost as common as sneezing. Uh, but now there's only a few magic users, but and most of them seem to be in my party, I guess. But also there's like, what if I transferred the soul of one thing into the something else, and then 
filled that previous vessel that that one thing had been occupying with a bunch of plant souls or whatever, just to just to see what would happen. And and maybe this just like almost full metal alchemist level fucked up science magic being done. I'm tired just he- <laughs> I'm exhausted just hearing you summarize all of the stuff happening in here. I it barely scratches the surface. It it feels like it, it doesn't feel like someone had one consistent story they want to tell. It's like I have a million I have generations I, to tell. I of. have yeah, this feels like how you end up with someone like George R. R. Martin never finishing writing his fucking book series. Apparently, like, he finished this game in forty hours. I'm twenty eight hours in, and I've only just finished chapter one. But like, you 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 see what I mean? It's like it it feels like if you let this creator just keep rolling, <laughs> like we'll end up with a red wedding. I'm fascinated to see how the fuck you tie that many things I, in together. I mean, I guess we'll find out. I guess I guess we'll find out, but um, yeah, story wise, it's pretty freaking epic. But I'm I'm glad <laughs> in, enjoying it so far. I've now got sky armors of my own, yeah. So uh, I can and I can change the colors. Ooh. Didn't need to do anything different. I just go into the the color select thing and I can make them all pink. Yeah, which is brilliant. Uh, so yeah, been been enjoying Chain Decos. It's like twenty quid on Steam, and it's it's part of Game Pass. So. If you fancy a PlayStation style, a PS1 style uh, JRPG, maybe give it a look. Uh, what about you? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, the main other thing I, I, I've been playing, and I, I'm i not super far into it, but I've been playing some Crisis Core uh, Reunion. Ooh. Final Fantasy Crisis Core Reunion, which Ooh. is... Did you uh, buy the original? Oh, uh, yes. Back okay. on the, what was it, the PSP? Yes. I think. Yes. So... Visually, this is a nice upgrade mm-hmm. on the PSP Crisis Core. It seems to be more in the style of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, I'm guessing it, they had all it, that engine just it, sitting around. Yeah, it visually looks a lot more like the Final Fantasy VII remake. It plays a lot like the Final Fantasy VII remake in terms mm-hmm. of like the the real time combat stuff feels very similar to yes. VII remake. Um, don't go into this expecting this to be a very deep dive remake that is going in and modernizing a lot of the things that our design choices made back when this was a PSP game. Mm-hmm. Uh this is a shiny looking PSP game with modernized game uh, like gameplay controls, but it is still this is a game that is going to front load you with text box after text box after text box as tutorial. Wait, it's not going to make that like recorded dialogue? Uh s- nope. You get a lot of you get a lot of te- text boxes that just explain in way more words than they need to how certain gameplay mechanics okay. work. Well, I mean, um, since I, st- I I I didn't actually understand the materia system until after I'd finished Final Fantasy VII. Maybe that's a yeah. good thing. Ah, uh, well, I'll say this: it's not tutorials that happen in gameplay. A lot of it is just like here is just a big wall of text, and I will sometimes just zone out at the amount yep. of text it throws at me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a. A lot of elements of this game feel just as poorly explained as they did back in the day. Uh, did you did you play the original? Uh, fun story. About eight years ago, I'm guessing, I somebody was like, "Hey, I've got a ROM for the PSP version of this," and I was like, "Oh, dude, I've never tried emulating a PSP." Managed to get it running like that afternoon. Played probably less than an hour and never went back to it, okay. which is weird because 
I remember at the time going, yes, I absolutely want more Final Fantasy VII. I love Final Fantasy VII. So, oh, keep going. Here, here's some things. Um, from what I can tell, this is the story of the original Final uh, the original Crisis Core. Right. This is, doesn't seem to in any way be trying to tie itself into some of the design choices being made by Seven Remake. Yeah. Um, it. Still has the sort of roulette. Do you remember the roulette system? No. Nope. Uh, so I I can't remember the roulette system well enough to remember whether whether things have changed or not that much fundamentally. But here's how I treat this little roulette system. Faces are scrolling by on a little slot machine in the top left. Y- you can't do anything. I don't think to to impact what what comes up. Okay. Sometimes three faces of the same face will come up, and you get bonuses. So the, the, there's RNG, and sometimes and and but they've decided to visualize it rather than just uh, kind of. So sometimes some faces will pop up, and then suddenly you'll get like uh, all of your attacks don't use MP for a minute. Or things um, like that. So you're just like, ah, cool, I guess I'll use a bunch of magic attacks. Woo. Okay, so that, what, just like randomly in a fight you'll start spinning this? Yeah, it, it just is constantly like spinning, settling on some faces. If it's not a match, it'll roll again. Okay, but what, outside fights, I'm guessing it's not doing that? Outside fights, it's not oh, doing it's that. It's, it's while you're in combat. Gotcha. Um, and characters who you are on missions with will be more likely to show up on the roulette than others. So... Whatever their power up is will be the most likely one to activate during that mission. Okay. Um, but generally, it is just I have one character. I'm doing real time combat, and then holding a a button to do like my my magic or my my special attacks or whatever okay. as modifiers. It feels fun to play. Right. It feels aged. Yeah. Uh, there are some bits of it that are just. Just as cheesy as you would expect out of something made in the like uh, spirits within era of Final Fantasy VII expanded um, media. Um, sometimes you'll be in the middle of a fight and you'll get a limit break, but before you see the limit break, you'll see a flashback of your main character just having a very banal conversation with someone that okay. like that seems very inconsequential, but apparently it's a very meaningful flashback, and then a limit break happens. Uh-huh. Some of the dialogues. Is it the same limit break. Is it the same limit break FMV every time, or? Uh, there, there's a couple of different ones. I think it's specific to who you're on a mission with. Okay. Um, look, I'm gonna be honest. I don't entirely understand all the nuances of how this game plays. Okay. But also, the game very much you can get away with not entirely understanding and just going. I'm beating stuff up and throwing cool magic around, and then slot machine go off and dopamine. Okay. Um. I am having fun, despite the fact that I'd kind of set my expectations hoping for a 7 remake level of really going in and putting a lot of care into modernising. Mm-hmm. This is a shinier looking, nicer to physically control, up PSP game. Okay, and that's so not... it's just had a new front end, basically. Yeah, and it's not, it feels better to play and it looks nicer, and this is certainly the way to play Crisis Core if you're going to play it today, I think, mm-hmm. but also... You can see the edges of where they've painted on top of a PSP game. Okay. Um, I'm having I'm having fun. It is. It's just a matter of setting your expectations for it. I think. Okay. So it's a bit like those um, Final Fantasy VII for PC mods, where you can have massive, uh, high res multi polygon characters wandering around in the original 3D in the original 2D rendered backgrounds <sighs> kind of yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's that kind of vibe yeah. and like 
it, there are. I'm. I'm. I'm not going to pretend there's not bits about it that feel better than the original game, but like they're few and far between. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious to give it a go. I have. I have. I've got this. I haven't installed it yet. Yeah. So um, I'm curious to give it a go, but uh, I'm I'm not super far in. But if we fancy doing it together at some point, I'm up maybe, for for, for maybe, going through I some think together. We have some time off coming up soon. Yeah. Maybe maybe do that as a bit of a sit. Don't you know how roughly how long it is? Uh, I don't know, okay. but let, uh, I can do a I can do a find maybe out to look into. Um, yeah, I feel like if it's a long one, then I feel like maybe it's going to be one that I will play, but I will probably end up needing a. Here is a synopsis of the 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 plot yeah. in the game. Okay, main story about eighteen hours. Okay, that's manageable. That's that's what I thought. I was like, I, I don't might be able to manage I, that. I don't remember it being a super long one. It seems like like a couple of days sat down playing it. We could make some good progress. And I guess because it was a PSP game, it's got that sort of pick up put down. Oh, very much. Like each in, uh, individual fight is very much. You 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 do a fight and then the fight is over and you get like fight is over declared. And like like little tiny like it's not all the fights happening on the overworld. It's like I walked forward. Here's like three or four enemies. The fight ends. On onward I go. Okay. Save points everywhere. Little mini objectives to right, do. Right, right. Lots of little stuff. Suitable for a handheld, in fact. Indeed. Also, uh, can, for a game that is like very clearly trying to emulate the the visual quality and and look of uh, Seven Remake. Yes. This runs really nicely on Switch. Mm. Uh, it runs at a good stable solid frame rate. Uh, sometimes in cutscenes you'll have a little bit of um, jagginess on character models, a little bit of um, it could do with some anti-aliasing. Right, yeah. But like, it is. I feel I'm glad I'm playing it on Switch mm-hmm. uh, primarily because it feels like a game built for handheld. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. It was a PSP game. Mm. What about you? What have you been playing? Uh, we played some board games. We did play some we board did. games. We popped Everdell out again. We did. We did. We we tried some of the... So we, we did all the main expansions. That so we, we did. did. New Leaf, Pearlbrook, uh, Belfair, and I think that's it. There might be one other. Mm. The, we, we did the Mountaineering Bunny, the d- dem, uh, Diplomat Frog... We did the the train station. Yeah. We did the the little Belfair the, thing. At the, the seasons. We, so to, yeah. so this weekend we did through the seasons, which yeah. is you replace the original eight farms from the base game uh, with eight new farms, which have each single one has a yeah. a different uh, power to it. So there's like two, yeah. So there's like two variants of summer farm, two of autumn farm, two of spring farm yes. that do different things all from each other. Oh yes, they're all very different. Uh, that was just a nice little intro. That that's yep. a nice one that's easy to put in without causing like a lot of havoc to, to yeah. everything else because you're just swapping eight cards for eight different cards that are slightly more powerful and don't really cost any more to build. Yeah, but also work in exactly the same way as farms and will trigger in the same way as farms and will still let you have like a free hunter or gatherer yeah. or husband slash wife if it's you're playing just a field. little additional variation yeah it's it's not too much to manage we also played with the player powers yes we did so player powers is a bunch of the small sized cards each of them has a, a different power on them you were playing as the uh turtles uh, yes. The shrewd investors. Yes, so any time I played a new card into my city, I could put a resource on this little card, uh, and if there was already a resource on the card, I could take that resource 
and an extra one of that resource. Mm -hmm. So it was a lot of give up a a, a resource of a type now, uh, but later get it back plus a little extra, uh, which I really enjoyed. Um, There were definitely a lot of nice synergies that played well with it. Mm -hmm. And you were the butterfly. I was the butterflies. Uh, which I think their power is like bountiful. And my goodness. At first I was like, oh, this could be really exciting. <laughs> because it lets you have a hand of 12 cards instead of 8. Yes. And I was like, that's cool. That's, that's a nice thing to be able to do. And you yeah. start with a full hand of 12. Yeah. And you are the first player. Yes. So that was... Probably fine. Yeah. The problem I got to was this game already occasionally gives me like massive analysis paralysis. Yeah. But when you've got like four, like half as many cards again as as a usual full hand, and there's just so much to decide from, it's just like I have so many options right now. Ah. And then sort of getting towards the end of the game of, oh, you can you, I could be throwing cards away to get victory points and i can also like be using which cards do i want to throw away which ones might i put down yeah uh, so what? that that was a bit a bit of a problem from that point of view but like i i think as long as everyone is willing to be patient i probably yeah. wouldn't want to play the butterflies in a group of more than two yeah i wouldn't want to play it in like a full set of four because otherwise there's potentially people waiting a really long time for their turn while you're just like just panicking over that many cards. yes a thing that was meant to be a bonus for you ended up being i have so many extra options and that is good but also uh, uh too many choices too many choices yeah, which is like, you know, I, I appreciate Evadel as a game that like never has too many things for you to pick from at once. Yes. Even with the, yeah. like, the sideboards for the various ex- main expansions, like that, having that many cards in your hand really does make it difficult. The- so as many times as I've thought, I wish I had more cards, the- actually having them makes a much yeah. bigger problem. The, the, the turtle that I was playing as, at the very least, was just... Here is one thing. Every time I play a card, remember to look at my resources and go, is there a thing that I'm going to want later that I don't mind mm-hmm. not having for a minute? Yeah. Or how soon am I thinking I'm going to play my next card to get the payoff for what I'm going to put mm-hmm. in now? Yes. Like a lot of it was, if I put this in now, it's going to be helpful, but will it leave me enough resources to put the next card down to mm-hmm. get that back out? Yeah. Which uh, was like, that was a very simple thing to keep track of. Yeah. Um... I think I got the easier end of that exchange. You definitely did. The fact that I only beat you by six points. It was such a close game. <laughs> it was. But it was so much like, ah, yeah. to, to get to that. And it like the weird thing as well was you were almost a season behind me. So you had like four more, like well, five more main moves to take. Plus spending any resources that would lay things out in your yeah. city. And and it, it still took you way less time to get through all of that. Well, the the problem I had was that I had a lot of resources, but I was having to put down... The sensible thing for me to do engine-wise was to do a lot of putting down cars that weren't worth a lot of points, but were getting me extra resources, and synergizing me into other free cards, 
so that I had stuff to write at the end, do a couple of really big expensive mm-hmm. card plays that were going to be my big point scorers. Yes. You did then at the very last minute snipe one of my two, like, those are the two spots I'm going to use to to, to get my big point scores. Yes. You, you stuck the fool in there, which was negative points I couldn't get rid of, and took away one of my 15 slots, and I was like, ah. Oh. No. Just about managed it still, but uh, it was a very close game. Yes. we. Uh, the other thing with the, the player powers is that you don't get a uh, a new character in spring. Yes. Which makes the game slightly shorter, which means the first two seasons rather than just the first seasons are quite short. Yes. Well, they were for me anyway. For, for, for me as the turtle, that definitely helped me make the most of those early seasons. Yes. Uh, and I think it really helped being able to get a... like. More more cards on the table that activate when the seasons change yes. before the season change. Yes. Like getting to activate more of those a free time really helped. Yeah, definitely. I I can really see how that massively helped you. And partly because of the two player thing as well, we didn't have to worry about like stepping on each other's toes too much. Yeah. Because very often you'll find when people are changing season at different times a thing is locked. You're like, oh yeah, I've got all my characters back now. I'll just nip in. Oh, oh no, that person hasn't changed mm. season. They haven't removed their things from the board yet, so that is still tied up. Yes. So that that certainly that that was surprisingly not an issue for this. Well, that's the thing. Having fewer workers to be able to put out definitely meant that we weren't stepping on each other's toes so much, even when we were in separate seasons for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a nice yeah, pair of things. I really enjoyed it. It was it was a nice little uh, nice little spin on things. But as as the manual warns, it's like this will make the game a bit more crunchy, and the game became more crunchy. And yeah. and you know we played a lot of Erdel. It was nice to try something a bit. A bit more gritty. It's it's nice to still be finding new things in the big in the big box of things. Uh, the other because exp- there's, there's two more. The <laughs> other expansion uh, that was fairly simple was the uh, legends. Oh yes, we had it. We had legends. Legends are you get a a legendary creature and a legendary construction, and if you build the base version of the creature, like I had. Uh, Chipper Sweepington, I think yeah. their name was. And if you had already built a chip sweep, you could replace them with this character. And this one had like various special powers that could be uh, that that did yeah. stuff. And you could play them like a normal uh, card anyway yep. if you wanted to. But they were just like you can replace a location or a critter with a beefed up version of them. Mm-hmm. So like. I had one that was, I think, the the like a, a fancier market to replace the farm. Yes. So instead of getting whatever it was, like um, one berry, whenever it activates, mm-hmm. it was two of any item. Oh yes. Uh, th- Which was real nice. Yeah, and I had a, a an upgraded shopkeeper that any time I played a location, I got I think extra cards, mm-hmm. and any time I played a critter, I got I think it was extra resources. Nice. Um. Really fun little things that like didn't count to your hand limit and were just like, hey, if I get these out, that's going to be a cool little bonus that's just just for me. Oh yeah, I didn't get managed to get my construction out, but I did get my character out, and that was just like a nice little thing to be sort of vaguely working towards. As because sometimes you can lack a certain amount of direction. Yeah. In that game, because there is so much of it, even in the base game, and you you sometimes a bit worried about trying to play for something particular because you just don't know if it's going to come up yeah. in the card pool because it is very hard 
probably more so in a two-player game, but it is quite hard to get to a point where you are getting anywhere near the bottom of, of the, the main yeah. card pile. Your, your deck turnover isn't such that you can guarantee you're going to see everything available. Yeah, even though, as we mentioned, there's things like there there are eight farms. Yeah. And there are huge numbers of repeats of, of most types of things. But that does not guarantee that you are going to see those I, things. I was waiting for the shopkeeper all game and then just built the upgraded shopkeeper for their, their cost rather than for free on top of a shopkeeper. Because I just realised I can't wait any longer for this thing to to manifest. I was waiting for the crane and I finally got a crane after I had run out of places <laughs> to put a crane. Yeah. Which was a shame because that would have been quite a cool thing. I got so fixated on I need to find a crane to make this thing work that I didn't just go... I could just pay to build this, this legendary yes, crane. I, for a while, forgot the same, and it took me a while to remember that. And the last expansion we whacked in was Extra Extra, which is there's there's like a, a whole circus thing coming to town. Yeah. And they're going to be writing uh, stories about it. So there's like a gazette. There's a town crier who will, will tell stories. There's the... Was it the Scrubble uh, champion yes. and the Scrubble... A field. Which is not Scrabble, it seems to be rugby. Seems to be some kind of rugby with acorns. And there's an adorable little Scrabble champion. Yay! And, uh, yeah, that was... that was. I, again, it, I, I agree with what the, the, the manual says. It's like, this one's a little bit more, bit more like, fuck you gameplay. Because yeah. it, it, there's a, quite a lot of interaction with those cards. Yeah, but like, there's a lot of text on on like the Gazette and the Juggler have a huge amount written on them, um, and I couldn't even rem- remember right now. I think the the Juggler is something along the lines of, you can pay one wood at a time to draw cards off the top of the deck, and if you get to a point where you have six victory points at the end of the game worth of cards, you will get that many victory points to put aside but you have to pay for them one wood at a time and draw cards one at a time yeah it, it's got... or you can do something else with it yeah i i had one that was something like turn over four co- uh, but uh, declare a color of card other than green i think it was turn over four cards from the top of the deck if at least one of the four is the color you declared gain some victory points yes it it's the kind of cards that I understand not putting in the base game because they very much are like, do you have enough comfort and familiarity with the base mechanics mm-hmm. that you're not going to be intimidated by a wall of text and that you can sit and work out what this means in the context of the game? Also, that at that point, you would hopefully understand what the other colours of cards are. Yes. Without having to go, sorry, can I look at the manual? It's It's got the vibe, uh, it's got the vibe of teaching someone Yu-Gi-Oh! with like the version <laughs> of the game that released in, in, in the late 90s. Before you then go, cool, do you understand that? Let me tell you about Synchro Summons. <laughs> uh, and I like, I, I enjoyed them. Yeah. I, I like that they, there are new sort of synergies to explore. Yeah. Um, whenever one came up, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to just... I need to focus on this one for a minute. I need a minute to check this over. But yeah, it's another little expansion. And I think that's now pretty much all of the multiplayer stuff within the within that box. The only yeah. stuff remaining now is the Rugwart solo mode and the Nightweave solo mode. Which, yeah. which are just two different variants that you can 
and just try out as I want to play the big Everdell city building game on my own against uh, 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 various AIs. Because Nightweave has like a different like schemes and plots and ploys. Or you can even play without those particular schemes. And then you've got Rugwort, which has three different AI personalities. They've they've done quite a lot for 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 solo mode stuff. So hey, I might get around to trying those out eventually. But I quite enjoy the social aspect of of playing yeah, Riverdale. I I appreciate over cute creatures. <laughs> I appreciate a game having a good solo mode, even if Everdell is not the kind of game I would ever picture myself sitting down to play a solo game of. I might stream it at some point, and, and maybe yeah. that will be the option. But uh, yeah, so now that we've played through almost all of the stuff in the box, do you have any favourites? It is hard to say. Um, What I will say is I think that that, that big complete collection of Everdell does a better job than basically any other game I can think of of having every expansion feel distinct and pretty well balanced and very different in what it, it offers to the game mm-hmm. and not just different flavors of a, like sometimes with with games you'll get different flavors of the same expansion just yeah more of the same but different flavor every I think pretty much every expansion in that box I would go yeah, I'd play that again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if I have a favorite, but equally, I don't think there's a bad one in there. Mm-hmm. Um, like the the closest I've got is the one with the pearls. I want to play again because I feel like I just wasn't on the right train of thought the first time I played mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, I really like the one with the trains. I really like the one with the trains too. And the little ticket to get the extra actions. Yeah. Um, they're all good. It's really nice. Yeah. That is a well-picked big box of game. Mm-hmm. I think I, of all of them, New Leaf is probably my favourite. That was the trains one. Yeah. If I was going to add anything else to it, I'd say New Leaf and Belfair because that adds that whole top board thing. And I think mixing New Leaf and Belfair would work amazingly together in like big groups because you can play this up to like six, yeah. I think. I've, I like the thought of mixing the train one and the one with the like the seasons that do difficult negative things on the bottom because I feel like that but you also have the extra like the flexibility of that token that you can use guess, to like yeah. sort of counteract some of it could make for an interesting combo. Yeah. Now they they don't recommend that you mix the the big expansions together but I guess yeah. I guess that could work. I, I'm I'm not saying that it would be balanced, but I'd be curious to find out. I mean, we have it. We can probably try it at some point. It might be a total train wreck, but no <laughs> oh way to no. know without trying. Oh no, the train! Oh no, the train! Oh, They're right. No, I'm not the right. The trains train. are okay. In the train, I'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? What else have you played? Uh, I don't know if I've played much else this week. Um. What about you? Uh, we played the Hogs of War miniatures game again. Oh, we did. We, we, don't worry, everyone. We are nearly at the end of the campaign book. <laughs> We're nearly at the end of every week having some more pig wars to discuss. Yes. So we played the Catch the Pigeon mission. Yes, we did. Where you have a pigeon that spawns slightly to one side of the of the main map. And you are trying to... Basically, get to it, capture it, and then slowly fly it back towards your base to get a bunch of points. Yeah. But also, there's a bunch of victory point places ar- around 
the map. And and I think this is the first time I've had a, a proper... Like, it's been that in my face about what, what my th- main thoughts about a lot of the... Mm. The... the the story or or even the the mission parameters of this game have been in that the the it was like the mission is capture the pigeon but we barely touched the pigeon between yeah. us so this mission more than any other i think has real balance problems yes. in that you get good points for getting the pigeon back to your base yes but it can only move one hex per round which yes. is impossibly slow to get it back. Yes. It has so little health, you are never going to keep it alive long enough to get it back. Yes. Uh, you lose points if you are in control of it and it gets defeated yes. and, and reset. And because of that, realistically, you need to be playing the point control base game because at the very least, you need to be earning points so that if you lose a point for failing to get the pigeon back... You're not like you're still making progress toward the end. Alternatively, like, you just don't touch the bird. Yeah, like you you know what my my like spitballing off the top of my head playtesting this, I would have suggested. Cool, can we try it with uh, bigger health on the pigeon? No penalty for the pigeon being killed. The pigeon has slightly faster movement. Like if the pigeon could move two hexes per round was sturdy enough like may- maybe it needs to be hit with crits in the same way that a vehicle does um same same amount of damage but you need to hit crits to be able to do that damage yeah and narratively you could say that it's not because you're trying to hit it harder it's yeah. because it's small and it- it's exactly more difficult to hit. right like i feel like in two minutes here we've we've got a better version of this <laughs> mission take away all the base control stuff um and go like Forget about the number of points. It is first person to successfully get Pigeon back to base. Yeah. Um, don't have a point penalty, so you are encouraged to actually go for it. Yeah. Have it just like a little bit hardier and a little bit faster. Yeah. It could be a really fun mission type. It could be. As it was, it it it's the least well-designed mission, I think, so far. It's a shame, because I'd yeah. be quite excited by that. And the miniature's adorable. The miniature for the pigeon is adorable. If you've got the deluxe edition, you will have a little pigeon miniature. So, yeah, that one didn't really work. Yeah. And I think that was the first time I'd sort of gone, yeah, this this game really struggles to commit to the bit. Yes, it, it doesn't have enough confidence in its, like, permission mechanics, and it cowards out and, like, it, it's just... Here are some bases to control because we're not confident we've created good mechanics for any of our individual missions. Yeah, and it, it felt like, because we, we talked before we even started, like, hey, should we maybe may, maybe not make all of these capture points point scoring? Just yeah. have, like, half of them or something? Yeah, and I, I cowered it out and suggested we put them back in as point scoring because of that, you lose points if the pigeon's killed. Yeah. And I panicked going, oh god, yeah, because we were going to suggest, like, what if just the one in the middle? Yes. But... I think just the one in the middle, the game would have gone on forever because yeah. neither of us would have got that pigeon back, I don't think. I well, feel... I mean, it probably would have gone like most of our other missions in that no one would have touched the pigeon. We'd have eventually worked out, don't touch the pigeon, it's bad for you. Yeah. And then just sat there trying to do yeah. King of the Hill over the actual central yeah. point. Whoever touched the pigeon least would have lost the least points by the pigeon being defeated and probably yeah. would have won the point control. Yeah. So maybe that one needed a bit more time in the oven. Weirdly, I'm still really enjoying this. Even though, like, for the last little while, we have kept going, hmm, I'm not sure about this. 
Look, sometimes you just enjoy a really badly designed <laughs> game, and this is one of those. I'm having a great time with it, despite the fact it's... <sighs> did they get anyone to fucking playtest it? I don't know. They did. It was extensively playtested. But the, I think the the thing is... I don't know. Like it's it's weird that we have sat here for the last few weeks going. I would I I I know how I want to redesign this mission after we like either after we finish the game or before we finish the game. Going, yeah. I can see how this could be different and maybe better. But again, we wouldn't really be able to say that until we've actually tried it. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I think board game design and scenario design is probably a fucking nightmare. Yeah, but it's not our job to make it good. No. Like, there's a bit of me that's like, I think we could redesign this in a way that is better, but also, I shouldn't have to. Shouldn't have to, but I, I would be, like, interested to, once we finish the campaign, sit down and maybe, like try and design our own missions. I, I agree. I'd be up for doing that. I'd be up for looking properly at some of the ones we did before and going, what's our rule what set could for we this? Refine? Yeah, I'd be up for trying playing some custom stuff and maybe even posting online going, hey, maybe play it like yeah. this. I mean, they, they've talked about the fact that in, like, in, the, in the campaign manual, like, hey, we want to have a thing on the website where if you've got a, an ID, you can post it and... and and like community made maps i don't know if that page even exists on the stone sword games website but i hope it does this game feels yeah. like it would benefit from it's, that it's it's the base mechanics of this game are rock solid yeah like the the various different types of pigs they each have different powers the way you uh, build the actual base element in the game the way you can like get upgrades for all of your pigs it's literally just the mission point score balancing. Yeah. yeah, that is the only thing. So the uh, the second mission we played was the dogfighting game. Oh yeah. So this one, we talked several times about the fact that like the the planes looked really interesting, but we haven't had a proper chance to get in with them yet. Yeah. And this one was like, hey, you start with both runways. You cannot build more runways. You can build planes for free. You start with free planes. And you c basically, if it gets to a point where you're, both of your runways are destroyed, that's the end of the game. Yeah. But also, here is a bunch of point-scoring places in the middle of the map. Yes. And once again, I, we won very little points based on, on, the, uh, on, on the planes. I mean, I very... Look, I managed to get my planes above your base twice and make gunning runs for your base yep. and i just happened to roll all misses on both attempts yep. i and then my snipers yeah. just fucked your well, planes like, up. here's the thing i i of, of the what the missions we've done this is the one where i most felt like i feel like you were close to having this right yeah in that if either of those two attempts had been successful which like statistically they probably should have been i just really lucked poorly mm. Um, that would have given me enough points that it probably would have clinched me the win. Like, I feel like that was one where I could very realistically have won on the 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 mission specific objective, mm -hmm. and like a little tweaking probably could have had that there. Um, but we got to play with the planes and they were fun. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice being able to actually do a lot of the bit of the the plane content. Yeah, and that's another one where I think it might be quite fun to like design a map. And just go, it's it's only planes this time. We're just going to do hogfighting. Yeah. I, I, I generally wish in this game the planes were cheaper to build in the first place. Because yes. 
they are a really fun mechanic that the problem with a lot of these missions is that by the time you have the kind of resources available to be able to afford to invest into these things, it's so late game that it's probably not worth it. Yep. And I've in missions other than this, I've built them. I've built planes and usually two or three rounds from then the game is over. Yep. And I barely managed to get away from my, my starting location. I, I think it would be fun to maybe give that a try. See if we can do something with the, with the uh, with the planes. The next mission we've got is entirely airship based, so it will be fun to try out some of the airship stuff. So we will report back on that once we have we once we have done that mission. Yeah. Uh, have you played anything else? No, I think that's it for me this week. Well then, <gasps> time for this. <laughs> I've done it. I've done it at last. They said it couldn't be done, but I have done it. Wait, wait, wait. You, you, you've, you've, you've achieved it? You've yes. done it? Yes, a hoodie so large it will reach to your ankles. Oh, is that is that it? I mean, it will keep you warm. I mean, it'll keep you warm, but it can always, always, always be bigger. Oh, you think my you think my vision too small? What if... A hoodie big enough for two. A 2D. Well, I mean, I mean that's all right, but what if you're a throuple? Uh, 3D. 3D! Uh, it comes in blue and red. Uh, uh, um, Anaglyph mean, I mean, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you've got a full family. What are you going to do then? Hovaludi. I will make a bigger hoodie still. The Hovaludi. It's big enough for a family of six to live in. Well, I, I mean, that's not going to help if you're like you've got a family with like pets and stuff. Like, surely you want to keep the whole house warm. Indeed, that is why with my growth ray, I shall produce a hoodie big enough to fit over an entire house. I mean, even the, even then, like only the people in your house are going to be okay. Like, surely as big as a town. I mean, our nation's got a got a uh, fuel crisis going on. Could Crank up the enlargetron. We are going to put a hoodie over the entire continent. <laughs> Look, I don't mean to be the person keep poking holes in this. Um, well, you do seem to keep making holes and they're not fun thumb holes or anything like that. So I'll make you thumb holes. I'll even make you one of those little headphone holes in the pocket I mean, I so would, that you can I mean, like I, poke your I, headphones through I would and you don't have to have the wire trailing outside. I mean, I would appreciate that. I mean, my only real question left is, what, what about summer? That's the joy of a hoodie. You can just take it off. That's a devilish plan you've got there. <laughs> laugh with me, laugh with me. <laughs> welcome, welcome, come in, come in. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I, I assume you're here for visions of the future. Yes, I, I'm feeling very uncertain about things and I was just Wondering if maybe uh, you, you as an oracle could give me some insight into to what to expect. I mean, that is what I do. Uh, right, let's give this a go. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I can, I, you, can, you can do this. You can do this. Cool. Crystal ball, I look into the swirling mists of the future. And it's, oh, it's definitely coming into focus. It's definitely... Definitely coming into focus. What can you see? Um. Oh, I mean. I mean, just a bunch of stuff's gonna happen. You're gonna have a very busy time of it. 
okay. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm seeing stuff left and right. It's oh, oh, you've got a busy one coming. Look, I've I've been coming to Fortune Tellers for a, a while. Uh, you know, most most of my childhood. I remember my mum used to bring me along when she was getting and read when I was very little. So I'm used to a certain degree of vagary about the future, but um, I feel like I could have worked stuff <sighs> and a lot of it out myself. Okay. okay. Do you have anything? Okay. Okay. Look, I'm I'm just gonna level with you. I'm gonna level with you. Telling the future used to be a lot easier. Right. And in the last couple of years, everything has become incredibly hard to predict. Nothing makes sense anymore in the mystic, the mystic swirling vortex of the future. It's giving me nothing. Like, it'll give me a flash of something and go like, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And the, 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 nec- the next second, something completely contradictory is showing up in there. I can I can predict to you like the next three minutes. Oh, okay. but any What's... further in the in the in the future, I have no idea if we're going to just be ruled by robots by then. What, at what, this point, what's going to happen in the next three minutes? Then is there anything, uh, uh, next anything three next three minutes. Okay, let's have a look. Uh, swirling. You're going to leave here with a mix of understanding and disappointment. So, huh. what have you put in your eyes? Well, we've been watching a thing together, by which I mean you watched a thing and then I was vaguely interested, so you started from the beginning and I watched with you. Yes. Uh, we've been watching uh, some more Oxventure, yeah. which is the uh, Outside Xbox and Outside Extra D&D campaign. Yeah. Uh, we've been watching uh, Legacy of Dragons, which, yes, is, which is a... Season four. Yes, which is a story about, hey, there's some there's some dragon eggs, one of them's very special... One of our party has maybe some sort of connection to some people interested in dragon eggs. Yep. Off we go on a mission. Mm-hmm. It has been very silly, yes. and then it suddenly took a left turn into being very sweet and very serious and very politically charged. It, it's been a good balance of like high stakes tension and great performances and also silly goofs. They are all very funny people. They are all good at doing the sillies. And Johnny is an amazing DM. And um, yeah, I... I I've I've loved all of these. I didn't enjoy the Blaze in the Dark stuff because I I don't know if it's just the campaign setting or the um the sort of the system necessarily, but I didn't really get into that series. But I have enjoyed all of Johnny's uh, uh Is, is stuff. Blaze in the Dark the Jenga Tower horror thing? No, no. Uh, what it would Blaze in the Dark is like uh like Victorian London. Oh yeah. Stabby's, the yeah. I, I think it's less dice controlled. There's more like I'm going to do the thing because it's narratively interesting and yes. I can do that. And maybe if I understood the mechanics of the uh, of the system better, I might get more into it. I don't know. I will perhaps give it another uh, another go another time. But yeah, really enjoying uh, uh, Legacy of Dragons, and I I I think we we've just had episode ten, but I also need to remember it starts on episode zero, so. Uh, I'm also not at episode 10 yet, I don't think. I think we've got it together. We've got up to episode 7. So, and I, yeah. I think a new episode just premiered. So, I am yeah. very invested. I never I never watch Oxventure until I'm watching it with you and then <laughs> I very enjoy it. 
Uh, I've seen some of their sort of like little one shots live occasionally. I yeah. very much enjoy them. I mean, you go to MCM a lot, and they tend to do uh, MCM. Oh, also EGX. Yes. So I guess you've had more opportunity to see the live stuff. Yes, I think the last time I went to one of the live ones, I think it was EGX one of the evenings. Uh, they 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 do a good live thing. Yeah, I very much enjoy that. Uh, That's a great show, and and I hope to see more of that. Uh, what else have you watched? Anything else? Ah. Uh... What else have I watched? It's it's not been a very watched heavy week. It hasn't. Um, uh, oh, I I did watch uh, a video called "I Was Wrong and So Was Everyone" ah, yes. uh, by Tom Scott. Indeed, did you watch this? this? Well, yes. Yes. Um, without spoiling the whole video, um, there is a very well known story in the UK about um about fire insurance, fire insurance, and fire, the, the fire his, marks, the history of the fire brigades of like turning up to houses and checking you had a little mark that says you're insured before putting the fire out. Um, and it's a very interesting video about the what seemed like very rock-solid evidence this was the case, and the sudden, quiet changing of, of, of some information in a very prominent position, mm. and some research into... Okay, what's what the hell's going on it's here? The truth, then, if that uh, is not the case. And the and I think his video title is under is overselling how wrong he was. I think that it's there was more nuance to this story than we were aware, and some new things have come to light that are interesting to discuss. Yeah, but um, also like that original video, like like most of these things, like uh, when he mentions that QI had also talked about it. It was t- talked about from the point of view of people, a lot of people trust as an authority on yes. quite interesting facts yep. about about bits of history or, or just unusual things about the world. And it's not unreasonable that to go, hey, we, we, we have a, a correction on that. Yeah. Well, very specifically, like one of the big sources for this was um, the, 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 the UK's like big firefighting museum, museum uh, organization. Yeah. You'd think if anyone could be trusted on that front, it'd be them. And they quietly were like, oh, actually, there's maybe not that much evidence. Mm. We've changed yeah. the website. It was an interesting video. It was an interesting video. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always glad to, to see people doing that. Hey, uh, new information came to light yeah. and I'm going to reassess my thoughts based on that. Uh, but very sp- specifically being like, it's not a problem that I was wrong. Let's talk about how it happened yeah. and how we got there. Yeah. And the, yeah. It's 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 a thing that gets talked about a lot as uh, religion tends to be like, this is the doctrine and this is what we always say and we're never incorrect. And, and very often scientists claim that where with new evidence I will say a new thing, but sometimes bias creeps in. Yeah, and that isn't always doesn't always end up being the case. So it's nice when somebody who, from a an analytical and and research based point of view, goes, actually I was wrong, and I'm gonna publicly own up to that. And and here's what I found in further research. Yeah, Tom Scott's always been real good for that. He's always been very good at recognizing when he has fucked up. And mm. like there was a video I remember from ages ago about um. He went to the town where there was some big quarry, and he ends up making this video about why he's not going to talk about the original topic he was planning to, 
Because, like, by going there and starting to talk to people, he realised, like, the reasons why people locally didn't want this to be something big, and why, uh, like, some of the, like, local complexity around the story, Mm. and basically going, I came out here with a story in mind and then realised that, like, that was not the right way to approach this, to have come in from the outside expecting people to, to play along with the narrative that I, from the outside, had assumed was the case Hmm. he's generally been good at this sort of thing i do remember that video i don't remember entirely what the subject was but i do remember that that was the case but yeah the the specifics elude me mid podcast but But, yeah it's it's nice when when people actually do do the thing that they they claim about approaching from a from a scientific point of view so that was good. Yeah. Uh, have you watched anything else? Uh, the only other thing off the top of my head that I watched was um, another episode of What Happened? What Happened? Um, by Matt McMuscles on YouTube um, about the Atari Jaguar. Oh, I queued that up on YouTube the other day and then completely forgot to watch it. It's a good video. I won't, I won't spoil it, but the short version, um, a company tried to make two consoles at once... And didn't make either very well. Is that the Lynx uh, on the Jaguar? No, oh. uh, the Panther. Oh, I don't remember the Panther. Uh, it never released. Oh, okay. So, the the uh, the very simple version, because I don't want to like spoil the whole video, yeah. is um, basically they were going to create two things. They wanted to create the Panther, which was going to be like a leapfrog ahead of where the uh, the 16-bit systems of the time were, okay. and then also simultaneously be making the uh, Jaguar, which was going to be their sort of 32-bit system like three years before the N64. Right. And they tried to do both at once, and that kind of fell apart. That is not a good way to try and do... Because the two of them would have released way too close to each other to right. actually work. Okay. Um, there is some problems with why the Jaguar, despite having the power to do 32-bit games largely has very pretty looking 8-bit and 16-bit games because of some weird choices about architecture. And perhaps the biggest problem being to do with the only place where there was really interest in the Jaguar was in Europe. And for some reason, despite that, despite like huge pre-orders in Europe, almost all of the stocks went to the United States where no one had been pre-ordering it and therefore it did not sell. Oh. Um, they sent all of the stock to a, a region that just did not give a shit and not the place that was excited and everything kind of spiraled from there. Oh, um, interesting. Also, some nightmare stories about the controller. It's a uh, very interesting watch. I Weirdly, I, I don't think I've ever encountered a Jaguar. Of, of all the things that I've, I've tumbled into along the way, Including the Commodore game console, the Commodore GS. Yeah, the like th- that that one's I've I've never even laid hands on. I have played a, about two minutes on a Lynx once. I the... played I played a shmup on a Lynx once and went, oh, that's very pretty graphics, and it looks way better than a Game Gear. Yeah, I mean, look, the 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 problem was the Jaguar. It never had the game support it needed to the point that very early in they just opened it up for people to make their own games for it because. No one was making games for it. Uh, bit like the 3DO, huh? Yeah, it undersold the 3DO. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realise how bad the Jaguar flopped. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You watched anything else this week? I've watched a lot of Drawfee. <gasps> yeah. It's, it's, um, I watched a TikTok the other day and the TikTok was like, hey, be like animals. It winter. It's okay to slow down. 
Yeah. You don't have to be, like, on the grind constantly, 24-7-365. Very true. You can just do... You don't have to hibernate either, but, you know, just... It's okay to slow down. So I've I've watched a bunch of draw feeders just, like, comfort background viewing while doing perhaps less than usual. Yeah, I'm I'm currently trying to finish up work ready for the winter, but, like, I'm very in a just put some draw feed and turn my brain off kind of... Yeah. I just have a little reset at the end of the year kind of kind of mood. I uh, want to listen to friends having silly chats about anime and video games and just drawing weird shit based on audience Yay! suggestions or whatever the, the thing of the week is. Indeed. What was the one we watched uh, this evening? We started watching one about... Uh, literal um... lines from Christmas Carol. Yes, which uh, got very silly very quickly. Yeah, we got, we got uh, some Phoenix and uh, Phoenix Wright and Miles Edgeworth smooching in space. Yeah, we did. Yeah, which is, which is good. Um, with, yes, I think we got some literal gay apparel. Which was, <laughs> yeah, it was... It, uh, again, it's just, just a nice thing to put on in the background and then occasionally look over and go, oh! That is a good art. Yeah, that someone will d- giggle at something that was drawn, and I'll look up and go, "Oh, that that's changed since I last looked at yeah. it." It's 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 viewing that's sort of just good good background. It requires very little of you. Yes, and sometimes you just need viewing that requires very little of you. Sometimes it's nice to sit and actually focus on and go, mm, "I appreciate how art they do." Yeah, uh, as someone who occasionally tries to art myself, it, it's the complete opposite end of the spectrum to when we tried to watch The Woman King the other week. Yes, it's I want a thing where I don't have to have any thoughts. No thoughts. Give, give me a thing that I don't have to have any kind of analytical opinion about. Yes. With just some nice people having wholesome, wholesome, silly. No, nothing serious is going to happen. Probably a lot of silly and a bit rude. Mm, occasionally, and occasional um, rudes. Yes, indeed, and yeah, I, I just. It's good to have that kind of content. Yeah. Oh, we were watching a live stream that one of their live stream bots the other night. Uh, I don't remember what the first one was, but they drew a pangolin paladin. They did. Yeah, it was just like lots of little D and D animals. Yeah, it was adorable. It was very adorable. And we also watched the uh, live stream they did of Monster Prom Three. The the uh, oh yes one. I don't know what it's called. Probably uh, Monster Road Trip or something. Uh, like I think it's called Monster Prom Road Trip. I think. Well, there we go. Yeah. Uh, that 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 seems like a fun game. Uh, not one I've played myself. I own the, I think the first two Monster Proms. Yeah. It was bought for something very specific, and then we didn't end up playing it. So they've just sat there as content I've never played. Sometimes that's how it goes. Because mm-hmm. generally I don't really like visual novels, so. Yeah, I don't do the reading and focusing good, and that's one thing really visual novels really demand of you. I mean, they 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 may have visuals, but they sure are novels. It's 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 nice when you can have like somebody else enjoying that content because they'll do the voices, yeah, and they'll do all the sillies and they'll make their own jokes about it, and also you get to kind of experience the thing. I mean, most of the time when I've played visual novels, it's been because I've done it on stream and I've made the voices, and by talking it's made me pay attention. Sometimes that's how it be. Yeah. Uh, Have you watched anything else? Uh, No, I think that's about it for me this week. Well then, (gasps) time for this. No, no, we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you have memories of the past? I, I've some. Are some of those familiar and, and warming? 
oh yes, I occasionally get those nostalgia feelings. I'm like, oh, I remember that from back in the day. Do you remember the Jar Jar Binks Pepsi? Hmm. Maybe? That feels like the kind of thing I would remember. The Shrek Bandit Sunny D? I mean, again, I, I, it's not jumping to me, but it feels like a thing that would have happened and I've been the age that it would have... Probably? What about the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles Lunchables? At this point, I don't know whether I'm just gaslighting myself and remember things in these things. Maybe? Did you Maybe that was a thing? I mean, look, those are words that are, I know separately that feel like they'd have gone together. That Pokemon shape, like Pikachu shaped, uh, like a, a, it was like a bath soap. Yeah. And and you'd, you'd unscrewed the cap in Pikachu's head and just poured fluid out of his, his brain hole. And I, again, I think so. Yeah. With that the, feels like a thing I would have. black tip on the That tail. feels like a thing I would have had. Probably not with the black tip on the tail, but it feels like a thing I would have had. Try sort of nostalgia.lol.net for all the things you're pretty sure you remember, maybe? I kind mean, of thing. I mean, every one of them is two things I remember that probably overlapped. That's sort of nostalgia.lol.net. It's Mandela Effective. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, we have a problem. We always seem to be having a problem. Yeah, I know. It's just like, and there's only so many things we can buy or whip. I, I, look, who's giving us problems today? I mean, it's the, the, I mean, what do they call them? The, the blue haired lefty. Oh, the, uh, the, 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 the SJ, SJW liberal, uh. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, we bought the big wizard franchise and oh we yeah make the wizard game yeah the one that was based on the books that made like infinity money yeah well, we were like you know we love money so yeah. infinity of some of the infinity money and everyone yeah. knows that you know infinity minus one is is still infinity so we yeah. thought we'd take infinity minus maybe another infinity and then we'll have we'll have some of the infinity ourselves. Yeah. That's just numbers. And exactly, numbers do not Exactly. Lie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how could that go wrong? Well, it turns out the person we bought the license from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, might have said some things and can't stop saying things. And all those things are uh, not the kind of bad we can usually just brush off. Oh, is this, is, um, this isn't just like, uh, I, I think that, uh, people didn't like my game cause they're, uh, they're, they're cucks or whatever. It's not, not, yeah. not one of those throwaway comments. No, no, no. no. Uh, like some, some pretty major bigotry. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, there are ears everywhere, so I'm not going to repeat it in case someone takes it out of context, but, you know, has said a lot of things that seems to believe all of the, all of these things to be the case and those things have been quite inflammatory and they don't they don't mark it well i'm i'm looking now that sure is telling a group of people that you don't like their existence in a way that is bad for sales that's bad for sales yeah right? you don't say publicly that you don't like a group that is just shrinking your market demographic right i mean do, do, do they not want money Exactly. Do you they know? not love money as much as us? I mean, I'd have thought infinite money. You'd appreciate it all the more. Well, so uh, basically, this is potentially tanking our pre-orders. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. So 
what we need is a, a way to make sure that people don't do that. That they pre-order and they're excited for, for the game. So is there some way we can save most of the work we've got so far, but maybe cut the original creator out somehow? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, look, I I don't know if we can actually, like, legally detach ourselves, but we sure could release, uh... How do I put this? What if we happen to release a game that just so happened to be about wizards? Not Not her wizards. No. Just some different legally distinct wizards with like, we, 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 we change up some names. We swap some letters around. It's definitely not the same names. And we just release legally distinct wizard game. Right. And like, we just keep saying, oh, well, we, oh, well, we, we're gonna, we're gonna release the other wizard game, but oh, delays, delays, but you can play legally distinct wizard game. Right. So it'd be kind of like that whole Cookstar thing. Yeah, yeah, you 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 just rip out enough that you can technically say it's different while still totally being the same. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, huh, what have you put in your ears? Oh, well, the big one. Tell I listened one. to uh, ETS, or Embrace the Strange, uh, the debut album by Convoke. Ooh. It's out now! Hell yeah! Uh, I talked about Convoke a while back, uh, probably back in August, because I got to be on a song of theirs called uh, Spread Your Wings. It was their first single. Uh, it track. is a cool, good anthemic trans rock track that has a little snippet of me shouting at the BBC about being transphobic yeah. in their coverage uh, in, in a song about, like, hey, you can't put the genie back in the bottle on trans stuff. You can't stop us. We're, we're, we're here now. Mm-hmm. No, no, no more hiding. We're, we're going to happen. Uh, good. I, I love that track. I'm so, track. I'm so proud to it's be on track. that track. You're, you're, you're proud to be on that track. And, and I recorded that audio. So yeah. I feel like I'm also a little bit the, t- the two of us are, <laughs> are responsible for that being a thing in that cool connected. song. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I want to talk about some of the songs on that album yeah. that don't feature me. Um, go check out the album. It's like half an hour long, eight tracks, um, very like creative, um, lots and lots of different genres and styles of uh, rock and metal uh, sort mm-hmm. of mashed up with other sound influences. There's a lot of creative stuff going on in there. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to specifically note three tracks I thought were really interesting. Uh, the Last Party on Earth. Uh, which is a track that sort of mashes together sort of electronic dance beats with like heavy metal influences in a way that like tonally clashes sort of upbeat and angry energy together. Um, it sort of reminds me of stuff like Planetary Go Off of Danger Days, that sort of like uh, a bit of a shouty track while also having a sort of beat that's clearly trying to get you up and dancing, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that lyrically it might be about things that are more serious than get up and have a dance yeah. uh you know uh planetary go being sort of like hey let's let's go let's go start a revolution here it's very the world feels like it's ending and that it feels like that's coming quick and we can't really do much about it get up enjoy yourself find it in yourself to get up and do something and to feel that fight in you still mm. um set to a sort of Get 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 up and dance in the face of everything going wrong. Kind of beat. Mm. Um, it reminded me almost. It's not a one to one comparison, certainly, but it reminded me of stuff like um, stuff like pumped up kicks. 
that song that feels very dancey and bouncy until you stop and listen and go, oh, 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 yeah, no, that's, uh, that is in deliberate dissonance with the subject material. Mm. Um, I really like that track. I think it's really good. Uh, Rising Daggers, very different kind of track. It's a lot more sinister, almost spoken word vocal line. Lots of playing around with fun, creepy vocal effects. Uh, and the last one I wanted to shout out is the last track on the album called Cry of Crows. Uh, it starts off as a really soft, gentle, sweet, melodic uh, track that then builds up into this sort of almost gothic, grand, anthemic metal, um, keeping that melody but adding a lot of like dramatic, swelling guitars and synth. Mm. Uh, the album overall uh, features collaborations with a bunch of really interesting trans, trans creators, um... Lots of different guest vocalists in for, for for individual tracks. It is a really neat album if you like the idea of of someone playing around the space in rock with clearly having other influences they want to sort of incorporate. Mm. It's a really cool album. It's only half an hour long. Go check out Convoke ETS or Embrace the Strange. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What are you listening to this week? Uh, nothing nearly so exciting, I guess. <laughs> Uh, listen to a bunch more Night Vale, plodding through that. Uh, have the, I think we've hit like another arc, so it's like okay, well I guess I'm gonna find out what the the breathing strangers is all about at some point. I I think that's further than I've ever gotten. That that uh, that sounds new to me. It's like episode eighty six, I think. It was somewhere in the eighties that I fell off. This is right around where I. Don't think I've ever made it past. The last episode I've listened to was the uh, trial of Hiram McDaniels. Mm. He finally made it to court and stuff happened. And I don't know what's going to happen thereafter, but the whole strangest thing seems to be getting much bigger. Anyway, more to report on that as it comes. The other thing I've listened to was I was trolling through TikTok for some dopamine. And as you do. As I do. As I do. And I bumped into Ava Crown underscore on uh, on the TikTok. I don't know them by name. Uh, they are just a TikTok DJ. Apparently, I've fallen into TikTok uh, DJ talk. Sometimes you fall into TikTok holes. Uh, side note: I fell into one the other day, where for a little while, all my uh, my the algorithm would give me was Bluey. Bluey's great. Bluey's great. It, it went from, like, occasional blue eclipse to it just went like, no, this is all you like for, I, for a I've hot second. I started getting, hey, do you want a full episode of Bluey? I mean, I I think that's the thing, is I've occasionally watched a full episode of Bluey, and it's like, you don't watch anything else for a full ten minutes. <laughs> Have just Bluey. I'm like, I like other things. I like other things. Please give me other content. But also Bluey. I don't mind Bluey. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 keep the, keep the Bluey. Just, like, intermittent Bluey. Yeah. <laughs> a treat of Bluey. But yes, you found a TikTok DJ. Yeah, so uh, she's a German DJ who plays mostly hardstyle and... and like hardcore type stuff. Okay. If you if you fancy some really stompy stompy uh a hard. I mean, I do know hard... you to like a good stompy stompy. I do, and like I haven't listened to hardstyle in fucking ages. I mean, a lot of it feels kind of aggy. But in weirdly, <laughs> I listened to back to a bunch of it recently because somebody was like, "Hey, what would you? What well, you used to like hardstyle? What would you recommend as hardstyle?" And I just went through a bunch of old mixes 
And they went, mm, that's more problematic than I remember it being. Mm, that's yeah. more problematic than I remember it being. That's really melodic and beautiful. Yeah, there is some beautiful stuff out there. It's yeah. just, you sometimes got to dig a little. Yeah, and I, 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 the places I used to go to listen to the places I used to go to listen to Hardstyle were mostly playing uh, like the last DJ of the night after a hard house. Yeah, tire everyone out before they got to go home. Yes, like five AM, we're going to put a Hardstyle DJ on for an hour before the club shuts. It's the downstairs room in that one place we go sometimes, where they're just like we're we're just trying to get you tired so you're not loud when you leave. Yeah. Or that uh, other event we've been to that they play progressively harder <laughs> and harder techno. Yeah. Until it's time to leave. Yes. And you can barely stand up because there's been so much amazing techno for like three hours. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it was, it was nice to just have some, have some hard style and some, like tracks I remember listening to and going, "This is awesome." Uh, some like s- slightly more silly stuff, which I always appreciated with hard style. And um, yeah, it it was a nice to listen to. I think she's got like a a schedule of like three or four afternoons a week, okay. seemingly for a good long time. Because she'd started at two two thirty, I'm guessing German time. Yeah, which I think would be about three thirty here. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's about an hour. Depending on where you are in Germany, I think it's about an hour out. I think it's about an hour. And then seemingly went on until I think after six. So that was a good long set. I don't know how how long it went on for, but I had to get on with my day. (laughs) But uh, it was, especially in this weather, it was nice to have a reason to have something on in the background that was almost familiar. The nice kind of melodic uh, stuff that I like from, from Hardstyle and just sort of to get moving a little bit. Yeah, a pre a pre unicorn dance party dance party. Yeah, I Th- guess the thing that feels familiar but is new and novel enough that dopamine for the ADHDs. Yeah. I like I haven't listened to Hardstyle in ages, partly because of the types of people that like it. There was a lot of weird DJ worship. Yeah, and the Hardstyle elite were just the cliquiest bunch I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Like cyber goths and, yes. and and all of that, and I'm sure there are like lower key cyber goths that are really cool. But there's a it's the there's kind a lot of... of everything I own is entirely yeah. made by cyber yeah. dog. And you, if you... you're not wearing cyber dog, I'm not going to talk to you. If you didn't spend four hundred quid on the outfit you're wearing tonight, why are you even here? Yeah. Types. Yes. And okay, yes, I'm sure you do have the best makeup here, but also you're being a dick, so I don't want to talk to yeah. you. And then, like, finding out some of the DJs had been really fucking creepy. And uh, finding out other ones were, like, really fashy. It's like, oh, no. <sighs> so, like, just ending up stepping away from that. And and a long period of, I'm not that angry anymore. I don't really need to listen to this. Yeah. And and weirdly, at that time, I remember looking back and going, oh, Hardstyle's always really aggy. But it's it's not necessarily. A lot of it's just... Jaunty pirate music for techno heads. Both ends of the spectrum for the genre exist, and it it can be easy to end up in either corner. Oh yes, 
But yeah, it was it was nice to listen to a bit of that. It was nice to get a bit warm without having to put the heating on. <laughs> I managed to take a, like I think both hoodies off. Ooh. I was down to just a top and dungarees and tights and leggings and socks. Nice. So yeah, it was it was nice to have a, a bit of a, a bit of a warm up in that respect. Uh, so yeah, that's everything I've listened to. Have you got anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it for me, really. I've just been listening to Convoke a bunch. Go check out Convoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, the only other thing I listened to... Uh, th- th- there was news that our, uh, 11 episodes from now, Ash and Pikachu aren't going to be the protagonists of the Pokemon oh, yes. anime anymore. Uh, so I got feeling very nostalgic about Pokemon and then listened to a bunch of the 2BA Master uh, yes. album from back in the day. And then realising quite how much of an impact that music made on young me. Uh, so it's cheesy, it's tacky, I love it. Uh, you listen to anything else this week? No, that's everything. <gasps> well then, time for this. Okay, everyone, everyone, uh, I've, I've called this press conference because I've been getting some really, really nasty criticism recently. Uh, I, there's There's been all sorts of talk of nepotism and people are pointing out that Maybe, maybe to some degree, the fact that I am famous as an actor and singer and songwriter and author might have something to do with the fact that my parents were both famous in those same fields and that that might have opened some doors for me. I'm here to say, maybe that's right, but really, really, I'm the victim here. Because I'm being bullied and not taken seriously for all of the hard work I put in just because I've got famous parents. And really, is that fair? Is it really nepotism if I have to work hard to overcome the fact that people assume that I got where I am because of nepotism? Really? I think you should all be looking at uh, doctors and lawyers. They probably got nepotism. And... Really? Who's more dangerous to have get a nepotism job? Someone who's got to do something very important? Or just a little old me? What does it matter if I got nepotism? I'm not hurting anyone being nepotized. So, in conclusion, you're all being very mean by expecting me to feel bad that I had it easier than you. And I hope you'll all understand and buy my new book. Something dangerous on the on the scanner. On the, on the scanner. On the scanners. Oh no, there was on the scanner. I don't know, but it's big and scary and dangerous. Okay. It's oh. flashing. Can we do a big on screeny then? So okay. we can all see. Okay, go. Oh that that looks like guns. It does look like guns. Oh, those are space guns. It does look like space guns. Okay. Um I mean I could disintegrate them all, but Oh, no, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Okay, okay. Uh, can we can we do the hay wing thing where we talk to them, please? Okay, okay, okay. I'll press the button. There you go. Hello. You. H- hello. Hi. Hello. Do we know you? You killed, and I believe ate my cousin. Oh yes, he was very tasty and nutritious. And and we had barbecues and then we had little snacky pots that we, I handed out we, to the rest. Yeah, we did do that. We did do that. We did do that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so so how can we help you today? 
I am here for vengeance. Oh no, that's not very healthy. And and have you considered maybe a little snacky? We have a little snackies. No, I am not here for for the for the winter for the little little snackies. I am I am here to crush and destroy the evil forces that have brought ruin upon my house. Oh no, yes, I'm, I'm so sorry that we brought ruin upon your house. We did not mean to do that. He was, he was very mean. He was very mean. He wanted to enslave us. Yeah, we don't want to be enslaved. No, we just want to go doing little trickies for the stars and seeing other things. And scanning cool rocks. We like scanning cool yeah. rocks. And someone that will look like a little fuzzy bunny. <gasps> oh, that's a very good one. Enough. I am here for vengeance. And as the only thing I am here to do, I will destroy all of you, you disgusting little creatures. <gasps> Oh, yes, no, oh, we're not, we're not disgusting. We're just, you're not disgusting. No, you're not disgusting. No, I'm quite fluffy. You are very fluffy. Yeah, I'm quite fluffy. Yeah, we, I mean, you, you are, you are, as you say, quite, quite fluffy. Fluffy. And we do have a real, real fuzzy nose, yeah? We, we do. Fuzzy tails. We do. Yeah, see, that, 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 yeah. that's another person who's saying the same thing as me. Yeah. You can look at the, at the soft fuzzy... Oh, oh, well, you, yes, you, you, you do have the, the, the soft fuzzies and you do have little tails and, and the little noses and we do and uh, the, oh there's there's little ears <laughs> we do and your ship does have those cute little whiskers on the on on the front there yeah it does it's adorable uh, i mean it, i suppose it is quite adorable um i mean uh, okay me if you if you've got maybe enough of, of those puddings that uh you for, for, for my whole family then maybe maybe we 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 could sort of talk things around Okay, well, thank you, thank you for his, um, we made a new friend, we will beam over to you, yeah. just some chocolate puddings and definitely nothing else apart from the chocolate puddings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it was nice to see you, okay, bye. Bye. Okay, we, mm, no, I'm not allowed to send bombs over to the ship anymore, I got severely reprimanded after we ate that portion uh, with the barbecue. I mean, they didn't tell me not to do it. No, we can't, no. No, we're going to be good. You, no pudding for you. You're being severely reprimanded as well. We have to be, the high council said we have to be nice to people. Okay, we're sending the chocolate puddings over now. Uh, thank you. And, and maybe if you like the chocolate puddings, we could be friends and we could do trade negotiations. I love trade negotiations. Yay! Yay! Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Partial justice warriors. Partial justice warriors? Yeah. Right, Larry. Right, Larry. How you doing? Oh, you know, uh, uh, a bit sleepy, winding down, you know. Yeah, same, feeling same. Feeling the more winter vegetables. Um, I'm ready to just sort of hermit in a little bit and, yeah. and, and warm. Slowly fill myself with cheese. Warm, thick liquids and, yeah. and, and hot spiced uh, mm. winter drinks. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And call Good. me basic, you know, more more, more, more of the spices, please. Exactly. Spices and mm. apple uh, apple spices and Oh, soups. yeah, hot apple spices. Oh. Mold, me a, mold me an apple. Oh, mold me an apple, indeed. Hey. Uh, yeah, you've been up to much. Oh, you know, I've been uh, watching uh, all of the, the ever-evolving horrors going on, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's the mis- horrors are evolving now. <laughs> oh, I know. They, 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 don't worry, they'll... They- oh, wait, oh, sorry, are we talking in real life or is this Digimon again? Oh, no, no, no. Well, well, uh, a specific thing I've seen going oh, on this right, time. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, all those AI art programs have been going around yeah, for a while and yeah. have been a problem for a while. Uh, yeah, using people's art as training data without yeah, their permission yeah, 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 yeah. and largely being pastiches of plagiarism of people's work. Yeah. Uh, we got one of the best examples I've seen yet recently oh, of right, yeah. uh, uh, making it 
very, very impossible to deny. Uh, like the thing we all know, but it's been hard to prove to others right. that this is just plagiarism. Yeah, which is uh, a bunch of people have been recognizing that uh, certain AI art programs uh, in certain art styles will uh, spit out the mangled remains of what used to be an artist's signature. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, from yeah. where it's like, oh, it has associated that style you've asked for with one particular person and tr- tried to work out what, what their signature is uh, as part of a big pastiche. Oh, right. So, you know, when you're maybe putting in the prompt of uh, anime horse girl... Like, super soldier yeah and, like, and there's somebody say on DeviantArt who is known for drawing that kind of thing and, yeah. and they're just going oh that's my digital signature basically yeah. well that's it if people are, work, are being able to spot enough to be like that's clearly some kind of signature and some artists have been able to go I can see like letters of my specific signature in there um, and this is becoming like more and more common um, it's less that you've used <sighs> as training data and more you're going I'm pretty much doing a, a you Yes, it's it's very much I have taken your style and try I've tried to make your work. Uh and and largely I don't understand what I'm doing when I copy your work, such as I feel like your signature is an important part of the piece of work, but I don't understand that's for crediting reasons. Right, yeah. yeah. And I mean look, this none of this is new to How uh, long then till we start getting uh you know AI art that has just getty images across it or, or photo buckets? I mean we've we've got people who are uh, trying to adversarially introduce this kind of thing into oh, right, uh, yeah. into the data sets. Uh it's yeah, it it's it's an interesting one because like the one uh, the one that like I saw recently it wasn't to do with art but uh, apparently a lot of the AI uh, language the text based ones have been trained up on data off of uh, fan fiction archives oh. and it has led to some fascinating things where uh, for example if you ask uh, these these uh, AI to write a very specific kind of um, fictional smut, shall we say, specific subgenre, right. not only does it understand the rules of very specific smut subgenres, but if you give it one name with no context, like uh, um, Steve, right. uh, Steve in this kind of sexual sort of context, it'll assume you mean Steve Rogers, Captain America, and right. uh, start writing a story about him and Bucky Barnes. Oh my. Because... It has been entirely trained on uh, very common pairings. Right, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, these are the sort of things that you start looking at and going, oh, yeah, no, th- th- this is not an intelligence. It is a sum of the people who uh, the people whose work you fed it. Yeah. And that is all it fundamentally is. Uh, I mean, and what's the answer to that, you know? I mean, I mean look, right, right now, the, the answer seems to be Kick up a stink every time a place you host art or creative work tries to blanket, um, you know, sell all your work into one of these data sets. Stand up and be loud about it until they back down. Yeah. Um, you know, I suppose re- you know, remind your friends next time some old fun little filters coming out saying, "Oh, here's six pictures of you in, in as different characters throughout history or whatever." You yeah. know, just going, uh, you know, what, what what you're doing is is, is facilitating and feeding yeah. into this acceptance yeah. of, of AI art. Well, I mean, there is one thing you can maybe do, yeah. which is uh, go and find these AI programs 
and just feed them nonsense prompt after nonsense prompt after nonsense prompt and don't share it don't give them promotion but just force them to use their their big expensive set of computers yeah. because every time that you do a query on one of these things it costs them money uh the the big one the chat gpt uh, gdpt that's going yeah. around at the moment uh costing them an estimated three million dollars a day to run wow uh yeah uh, to to be able to get it to respond to as many people as it is at the speed it is uh, is requiring huge amounts of hardware being being run. Right. Uh, the best thing you can do is keep forcing workload and then not promoting anything by you know at, at the other end, so that they are having to spend money running these things and not getting any of the promotion they want out of it. Well, that's the only thing I can think of is is force them to spend money and not get anything back. Yeah, I know. I. I... I did hear recently about uh, someone who was doing like I think it was an AI comic book, and uh. and, and and they had argued that uh, because of the specific inputs they were putting into the AI that that there was a significant uh, input in into that and therefore you know it did count as a, as a creation of them. And I understand the U.S. Copyright Office have uh, sort of retracted their initial uh, they, uh, they, acceptance of a copyright uh, claim. They, they have refused them copyright on the grounds of. Uh, any kind of artificially creative artistic work, it has to be demonstrated that a significant portion of the artistic work was directly done by a human. Yeah, and uh, I mean, last I heard that that it would initially been accepted, and then some some quick queries had been raised, and 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 then that that was sort of basically just my, being in question about my, whether or not that was going to be my, able to go ahead. My understanding is right now uh, the answer is no. Excellent. Uh, which is great because that means you can go you can go steal that person's comic and repost it yourself because they don't own it. Oh, oh. it's chaos, mate. But you know, uh, a happy unicorn dance party to you, mate. And to you. Uh, you fancy a hug? Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, good night. Good night. Well, I am going to uh, mull something, and then I'll uh, I'll probably see you in the new year, mate. Yeah, uh, sounds lovely. Sounds Have a lovely. UDP, mate. Yeah, you too. So, Laura, that's me here. You, <gasps> you do books. I do do books. Sometimes you sign books. I I, I signed some the other day. You did. The Tell other... us about one of those books, perhaps and... the one you signed. Well, I mean, one of them that I signed was uh, me and my dysphoria monster. It's a children's book that. That I did. I got to. I got to meet the illustrator in person. We did a signing together, and I did a little reading at a lovely little author event at Common Press the other night. It was. It was wonderful. Uh, other than other than than that, that book. Just check out Laura K. Buzz everywhere. You'll find all the things I do. Um, everywhere. Probably not Twitter soon. It's Probably seeming increasingly soon. like not Twitter. But I'm currently still there. Uh, currently I can still use that to point to the other places you can find me, but... Uh, apparently they've had to walk back on the whole... Oh yeah, no, yeah, it was... So the problem, the reason they had to walk that back boils European down laws. to... Well, there's the European laws, but there's also... Uh, once they start dictating whether you can link to other places you make things, they are a curator of content and they become a publisher and they become liable for the content published um, I don't and, imagine they want that on Twitter no it, it it gets to the point where it's no longer we are a place where people post things it is we are a place that publishes people's things and therefore we are responsible for their posts uh. and 
legally that opens them up to a whole lot of stuff they don't want to deal with. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, uh, Mastodon, uh, Laura K. Buzz at tech.lgbt. Uh, what about you? What are you, what are you, where are you, and what have you been do? I, uh, patreon.com slash radio. that's the most important ones, that's the one that helps me pay my bills. And it's winter, so numbers have gone down, and if you're feeling generous, maybe help number go up? Who can say? Uh, that would, th- yeah, that's, that's mostly where I can be found. I try and link to just about everything I put on there. I've got a, a red bubble where I design a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. That you do. And and I've recently managed to get most of my own t-shirts finally. So it's Yay. been nice to have something warm and also something that I designed that I thought was funny two years ago. And I still think is funny enough to purchase mm. now. Uh, there's also uh, music under the name of Bedroom Programmer. Hopefully there will be some more of that soon. Maybe I will get a nice sit down and I can do some of that. It yeah. will be great. Also, we did a book. We did. Do you want to tell people about the book we did? It's called Who Hunts the Whale, and it's what if there was a whole book about the inside workings of supremacy software? A skit we have done almost every episode for the last two hundred and forty-one episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that book has gone to the printers, so it at has. some point soon we're going to have a bunch of them to start signing. Yeah. So if you want to get a signed one, oh, get in get in while you can. Yeah, Go. Unbound.com slash book slash whale. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's going to be out like in less than two months. Yeah. Probably sooner than that for Unbound backers. It, it's going to be real before you know it. Mm. It's going to be real soon. Real soon, real Suddenly real. it's going to just be a book in our home. We're going to be like, oh shit, that's a thing we made. Hell yeah. Uh, so yeah, rest of my links are Janiac, uh, oh, Linktree, linktr.ee slash Janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Find all of my stuff there. Uh, Laura, <gasps> yeah. can you sing us out please, darling? Uh, yeah, until next time, be a stranger. Mm-hmm.